Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. We're talking about spooky stories today. <laughs> um, That's this my is, favorite thing ever. This is Ashley, and I was going to start this one, and then right before, Sarah had that lovely intro for, for you all, and we managed to get it on air. So there you go. Happy, happy fall. <laughs> So today we are, in fact, talking about spooky stories. <laughs> and and um, we we talked about these last year, and so we thought we would revisit. And it was really fun both to read for the season and also to share new books that we've read in that vein. And I this is not something that I particularly love to read, but I really enjoyed it last year. I was not expecting to enjoy the kind of mood reading so much, and I this year I really anticipated it and was excited about it. So we hope to share some of the fun ones that we have read with you all today. But before we get started, I just wanted to remind you, if you would please go to iTunes, which they are now calling Apple Podcasts, and rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us so much to grow our audience. So you know, if you're listening and enjoying it, that is the one thing you can do to make a huge difference for us. And yeah, we're going to jump right in. Jen, you want to get started? Sure. So I am going to talk first about Jennifer McMahon's The Uninvited. I read this book. I actually won it in a book riot giveaway. I was very yeah. excited. Free books are even better. And this is a legit ghost story. So it is about a couple who lives in the city and they decide that they don't want to live in the city anymore. And so they find this piece of land and it has, they're just, they're going to build pretty much the home of their dreams and they're going to live off the land and they're going to totally just Wait, what? Oh. I'm sorry. I took a sip of water. And oh, I thought I said noisy. something dumb. Excuse me. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no Just right. make an awkward noise. I was trying there. to rewind and figure out what I said. Anyway. Okay. So they decide that they're going to just break from society and just live really independently. When they start researching the land, the the wife, Helen, is was a history teacher, and she becomes really fascinated with the history of the land, which goes all the way back to this woman named Hattie Breckenridge, who people thought was a witch. And you know from the beginning of the book that she really was a witch. So that's a nice twist. And basically hauntings start. So that's one part of the storyline. There's a separate storyline about a high school girl who does not want them to be on the land. And so she starts sabotaging the building of their home. And then you start wondering if she's actually the one doing it after all. Dun, dun, dun. So it, it, it was really great. I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect, but it had been a while since I had just read a pure ghost story and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that is, oh, and it's not the uninvited. Sorry. It's the invited and it's Jennifer McMahon, the invited. So we will have that correct on the show notes. I promise. <laughs> all right, Miss Sarah, what about you? 
Well, <laughs> these so really scary stories are not my cup of tea, but like Ashley, I really enjoyed last year when we talked about these, and I definitely started thinking in terms of reading for the season, and I actually did read one. It wasn't too scary, but it was definitely a thriller and more slashery than what I normally would read, and this book is The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager. This is my first Riley Sager book. Um, I've seen definitely seen others of his, but I chose this one because I thought it was an interesting premise. The premise is that these girls have had gone to a sleepaway camp when they were teenagers, and um, they would play Two Truths and a Lie, which is a game I have not played, but they played oh, it. Fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, I have played it like in professional development, but that is not what <laughs> that is not what these girls were doing. <laughs> I was going to say that we could help you with that afterwards, but now that you've gone there, I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we won't be playing that together. Okay. Um, so they, they played this game, and they became friends, and it was a little bit of a fraught friendship. And anyway, what happens is one of the girls goes missing. Well, no, th- three of the girls go missing, and one girl is left that were in this one cabin. And then, so it, that's the beginning. That is not a a spoiler that happens in the first little bit of the book and then flash forward the remaining girl is a painter and she's always painting these missing girls and her paintings and she gets this opportunity to go back to the camp and of course stay in the same cabin that she stayed in when these three girls went missing and it's just about her trying to solve the mystery of what happened to the girls and creepy hijinks ensue (laughs) and I really thought it was good I thought it was not like a book that I would shout from the rooftops but it was Mm -hmm. definitely good for this genre of books for me it definitely was a page turner I wanted to know what was going to happen and I was I thought it was a good a surprise ending which I really enjoyed I didn't think it jumped the shark too much which is what a lot of times I do not like about thrillers is because I feel like It's just all about the shock value. And I didn't feel that it was too much of a jump jump the shark moment. So I really liked it. And I would recommend it for fall reading and for if you like creepy, but not too creepy because it was not, I, I can't do scary. So it is The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager. And I know Jen's read it, so maybe she, Yeah, I don't know if she agrees or not. Yeah, I really liked it. So yes, I I think each of Riley Sager's books has been better than the last. And that was the second of three. So I have the third, but I have not started it yet. Yeah, and that's been my favorite. I did not care for the first one very much, Final Girls. I never, yeah, I don't have that one. I did not. Well, you had said that, and so I didn't even get it. Sorry, (laughs) Ashley. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I, like Sarah said, I mean, I don't, I don't, I used to really love, I actually read horror quite a bit when I was younger. But I don't enjoy any of that anymore. But I do, I do love things that are like I just kick the table. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me there. Um, I do enjoy things that are creepy. And I found last year we, I think we all read The Wicked Deep, mm-hmm. Shea Aaron Shaw's The Wicked Deep. And I 
think I found then that atmospheric books are what I really enjoy. So less that it is scary or not scary, but more that it's creating this atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That is the thing that I've enjoyed. And both of the books I'm going to talk about do that. So the first one I want to share is Sarah Henning's The Sea Witch. And Sarah recommended this one to me. We both read it very recently. I do have to be careful with both of mine for spoilers. So I'm going to try hard to talk about them without messing anything up for anyone. So basically there is there Evie is the main character and she is an outcast in her town she is dear friends with both a prince and another girl there are three of them who are very close to each other Nick and um, Anna and Anna has drowned four years before is that right Mm -hmm. Sarah so it's been a few years Mm -hmm. but it's still very much on her heart and a big part of her life that her friend drowned. So they were both in the water together. Evie is saved. Anna dies. And so that leaves this lingering. She's, she's recovering. I mean, she's, you know, grieving. That's a big part of the premise of the story. So she winds up in a situation where she is helping. She, she thinks she has seen Anna. That's basically it. And she thinks that she's seen Anna early on and in a situation where Anna's helping Nick. But of course it couldn't be Anna because Anna has passed away. And yet she, this girl appears who resembles her very much, but seems to know nothing about her is a totally different, has a different name, totally different person. And yet she, she Evie cannot get over the resemblance. So even though everybody else is kind of discounting it or just accepting this, this is this person from this other place, Evie cannot stop thinking about how similar she is. So that's really the basics, the basis of the story. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say that it, I thought it was really twisty uh-huh. in all the right ways. <laughs> in all the right ways. And I felt, I'm just going to stay with it, folks. I've already said it. And so, it's really good. And I just felt like it's rich character development. For, again, for this kind of story, yes. I think that even though it's very plot-driven, I very much wanted to know what was going to happen. I also thought that there was a lot of exploration of characters. There's a lot about young love, mm-hmm. both for Anna and for Evie. Um, and then there's, and I didn't even say, but there's a fourth person, Ika, Ika is his, mm-hmm. his name. Ika. And he is Evie's love interest, but also Nick's cousin. So there's just a lot of relationship dynamics and uh, friendship dynamics that come into play that I think are really interesting, but the atmosphere for sure mm-hmm. is what has stayed with me about the story and what is so interesting. And it is a bit of a fairy tale retelling also, mm-hmm. though. I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> it's, it does play on an idea of a fairy tale. And I think that that unveils in a way I did not expect and really enjoyed. So again, that is the sea witch and it is by Sarah Henning. And I thought it, the writing was very, very good. Yeah, it was beautiful. There were some wor- some phrases and some passages that I just thought were gorgeously mm-hmm. written. So I thought that was also sometimes you don't get that as right. much in, in YA. A plot. Yeah, in the plot driven book. book. Yeah, and I thought it was really good. I really liked it. I did not expect it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was very well done. Mm-hmm. So, Jenny's to read it. <laughs> yes, I hope that you get get check it out soon and let us know what you think. I also forgot to, to prompt Jen to go again. I forgot that I'm the one doing that. So, it's about to awkwardly drink from my water again. 
instead of we're off the rails speaking of off the rails last (laughs) i knew that it was my turn i was just waiting so jen's gonna tell us about her next one so the next book i want to talk about is alex north's the whisper man you read this didn't you sarah I checked it out of the library and renewed it once, but oh, okay. I, have not op- I have not opened it. And okay. the, I have seen that cover everywhere. Yeah. So I will say I really like spooky books. I love creepy books. I love Stephen King. And I had seen, I would, I haven't seen that it's compared to Stephen King, but I think this book reminds me of a Stephen King novel because hmm. it isn't, people on Bookstagram found it to be really scary and I did not think it was very scary, but I thought it was creepy. Like in like Blair Witch Project creepy. Mm-hmm. That kind of just images that stick with like you unsettling. after you're done. Yes. So I, and I love that. So this is about a father and son who decide to move to this new town because they've had a tragedy in their life. And the new town just happens to be dealing with the murder of a young child. And it seems to be all tied up. I know. Ashley's like, I'm casual. out. I can yeah. just see her wheels turning. <laughs> that is always my yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah. Almost and always. Sometimes I make an exception. So this new death seems to be somehow caught up in a thing that happened decades before where there was a serial killer known as the Whisper Man. And he was supposedly captured and has been in prison ever since. But now these new murders start happening and who knows what's happening. So there's a serial killer thing and then there's... there. Also, this paranormal part of it that starts happening where children hear voices outside of their windows at night. Mm. And all of this is coalescing as the father and son move to the new town. And again, I'm going to avoid spoilers because I feel like plot is pretty important in a book like this. Mm. But this was one that, Ashley, I don't think that you should read this. Mm. But it it is quite atmospheric. I think it is great at building this mood. And like you said, Sarah, it's just unsettling. So it's just this great feeling of not knowing what's going to happen next. And it's it's about the plot, but it's also just about examining why people do the things that they do and how people can rationalize their actions based. Yeah, how people can rationalize their actions. I'll just stop there. So that is Alex North's The Whisper Man, which I really love. It sounds spooky. It is. <laughs> I, I, I really want to read it, but every time I go, every time I'm like, I'm going to start this one. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm in a book starting. Mm-hmm. I'm in this horrible cycle of starting all the books. And think about it. Yes. Yeah. So I do want to read it, but I'm not sure I actually want to read it. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, what, about, what about you, Sarah? Oh, I'm trying to decide. I have... I actually read several books in anticipation of this episode, so I'm trying to decide which one I want to do. I think I'm going to go with the most recent book that I read, and it is The Silent Patient by D- Jen. <laughs> I do D- not know how to say this. Um, Alex. Michael Eddies? Yes. Maybe? Uh, that Yes. Um, so we will put it in the show notes, but this is a a book that I actually am reading for my book club and well, no, I finished for my book club and it is a psychological thriller. It is about Theo Fraber. I think his last name is Theo Fraber. He is a psychotherapist kind of psychotherapy. He's, he specializes in psychotherapy. He is um, a psychotherapist at 
a mental institution that houses high risk, um, high risk patients. Mm -hmm. And one of the patients there is this woman who has commit, who is, has been convicted of murdering her husband in a really gruesome way. And her name is Alicia. She has not spoken since she has not spoken since the um, since the murder, and it's been over a year. And he goes there to try to help her speak about about her about the murder. And it is very twisty. It is. <clears throat> It is, it's really difficult to talk about these yeah. without giving spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really interesting because you there's a lot of flash flashing back through Alicia's diary entries and some just really twisty things happen. <laughs> That's the best thing I can say. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of the story centers around his therapy with Alicia and what transpires there. And just that setting of a mental institution mm-hmm. is pretty unsettling and there are just some, you know, some quite there some of the characters are quite disturbing mm-hmm. and some of the things that happen are quite disturbing. So it it was a good book. Uh, again, I <laughs> this is a very difficult a difficult genre for me. I did anticipate some of the things that happened and it wasn't quite as shocking as it promised to be but i did think it was well done i thought it was a pretty tightly woven story and i thought it was pretty good so that's the silent patient i'm sorry i feel like i stumbled all the way through that but it is really hard to talk about these uh without giving away any type of spoiler especially since they're so plot driven but i did fly through this one i was i flew through this one even more than last time i lied because i wanted to know what was happening yeah but i did guess the ending. So. Oh, did you? I yes. had no idea. The, so. And my mom. I have to say that I'm interested in that one. Yeah, I think I like the- characters who like I like things like where she doesn't speak. I like mm-hmm. that kind of variable in a story that really alters the way that the story is told. Mm-hmm. I think that's really intriguing. And I think what is qu- nice about this is it's not scary. Right. It's just a psychological mm-hmm. type thriller. And I so it was quite well written. Yeah, I thought it was well written too. And it, I mean, like I said, the story was very tight. Like it. It didn't leave a lot of holes, and I thought it was really good. So I'll bring it for you, Ashley. (laughs) Yeah, I am interested. Okay, the last one I wanted to talk about is Shea Earnshaw's Winterwood. This one, I should have looked up the publication date. I think it's coming out on November 3rd. I can look it up while you Okay, thank you. So it's coming out soon, and I just finished it last night, so it's very fresh (laughs) in my mind, but I loved it. So we all read The Wicked Deep Mm -hmm. last year. This is not – it's not – in that series it's just the same author but we all loved that but I was telling Sarah the other day that one I really loved it and I, I love the storyline and everything but I did think that some of the tropes of what witches are like mm-hmm. were similar to the negative aspect of witches that I'm always interested to see people re- t- turn away from and and tell in a new way and so even though I loved that story and I love the characters some of that stuff I felt like didn't hold up for me as well as some of the other stories, but this one plays on some of the same ideas with magic, but I felt like challenged some of the traditional um, stereotypes and attitudes that people have toward witches and toward magic in a way that was even richer, I think, than in the Wicked Deep. So I really enjoyed that. Um, when is it, Sarah? Um, the publication date is November 5th. 
Awesome. Okay. okay, so yeah, so this is like perfect for this season. And I think so it, the premise of it is that Nora Walker is a teenager living by herself near the Wicker Wood. And she her mom is there but intermittently and so she spends a lot of time there by herself. And there is a camp of boys who have been Wayward boys. Yes, thank you. I just started it last night. Because <laughs> Ashley was raving about it, and I was like, I have to start it. So again, there goes that so starting good. thing. It's so good. So there is a camp of wayward boys <laughs> nearby, and she is rumored to be a witch. She was very close to her grandmother, and her grandmother has died. And so she is, like I said, in a lot of ways on her own in this setting and but she is able to find things and so she goes into the woods and finds a boy in there and (laughs) (laughs) we can all just go (laughs) um so and she finds a boy who had been missing okay in there (laughs) not just a random boy phrasing today (laughs) anyway so she finds boy who had been missing in the woods and the and then it comes about that there is a boy who's missing who she she has found and there's also a boy who's dead and no one is telling what what happened so it's a lot i mean the whole story is revolving around that mystery of the boy who's missing and the boy who's dead and how that came came to pass and I felt like I just loved it. I mean, it was it was alternating perspectives, which I didn't expect between Nora and the boy she finds and um, Oliver. And I loved that part. And then I also just thought that the story was really, I mean, super compelling, moved really fast, but also well written. I mean, the the things that I think we talked about with the Wicked Deep when we shared those last year. I mean, I just feel like um, so atmospheric rich storyline you're really wanting to know what happens but also there's a lot of great character development and Nora is just really an awesome character who is wanting to do the right thing and do what's best and who is coming to find her I mean it's a lot of a coming of age story also and she's you know coming to find herself and coming to find her own strength and her ability to be her own person who is different from her mom and also different from her grandma and, you know, working through all of those things. And I think that part is really that it could be this spooky story, but also have all of those components is really great. So I loved it and it was also twisty, which I enjoyed. And so, yeah, I think it is a great read. And again, that is Winterwood by Shea Earnshaw. Sounds very good. I know. It's so good. So today we're going to do Give Me One related to, somebody tell me. Board game or card game to play. Okay. Not spooky at all. Not, yeah. So we're going to talk about those and Jen's going to tell us hers first. I I just realized this may not qualify as a board card game, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So I love escape rooms. In our, our division, we do a lot of breakouts. And so all of these things are like puzzles that you have to solve to get to an ending. And it requires you to work as a team and to communicate and to use critical thinking and be really creative. And so Sarah had actually told me about this. It's called Exit the Game. And they are basically escape rooms in a box. You can get them. They're one-time use only, which that's a slight deterrent. But I feel like they're very reasonably priced. And my family did one. So my youngest son is nine. 
and then I have a son who's 12 and then my husband and I and so we did it as a family and I will say the way it was constructed was really really clever and so you could still have hints and have help along the way if you needed it but we spent a good hour just playing it it was so much fun it was very challenging but we enjoyed it and they have other versions so we did the abandoned cabin but they have i don't know 10 or so others so i went ahead as soon as we finished that one and purchased another which we have not done yet it does take you need to set aside time to do it because i don't think it's something you could leave and then come back to you definitely have to be in it but it was really it was great we, we had a great evening playing that so again that's exit the game what about you sarah well <laughs> I don't play a ton of games anymore um, because I play games with my children, but some of those are not ones I would necessarily Mm -hmm. be like, that's my game. (laughs) So I'm going to go with two. One is a throwback, and one is one that I really enjoy to play whenever I get to play it. And we do play this. We of the first one that I like to play now is apples to apples mm-hmm. and we, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I like, and my kids um, have apples to apples junior and we we've played it and they don't love it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as fun to play, but, but I do really enjoy that game when I get to play it. The other game when, before I had children, we used to play, we would go out to dinner with friends and then come home and play board games. And the one that I loved was Trivial Pursuit Pop Culture Edition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but to tell you how old it is, it is comes on DVD, on a DVD. So it's not very current, but I, I liked it because I was good at it and I could beat my husband and my friend Noelle and I, we, we are like pop culture champions and we could, we would always want to play boys against girls and we would always <laughs> kill them and it was just so much fun. So... I really enjoyed that when I used to get to play it. And I do like trivia games. I always enjoy Mm -hmm. any type of trivia games. So those are my two. Ashley, what is yours? I wanted to... So games are not particularly my thing. but And at home, I have very young children. So, you know, we play a lot of memory and Uno, which I would not choose on my own, (laughs) as Sarah mentioned, (laughs) when you're playing with kids. But... One that I played this summer is Codenames, and like Jen mentioned, uh, we are doing, in our division with students, we do breakouts, and we're also interested in coming up with other game-type things that can reinforce content and ideas and stuff like that, and this game is great for strategy and making connections between words, and it also is one that could be adapted, I think, to a lot of different topics, and there are some already, like there's a Codenames Disney version, I think, and like a picture version. And so, but basically it is where on your team, you're trying to make connections between words on a board so that your partner can guess them. And so it's just really interesting in thinking about, there's a lot of strategy involved and thinking about how many words can you connect and can you connect it in a way that your partner can then guess them because the partner has to be able to guess from a single word connection. They have to be able to guess which ones are connected. And so it's just really, it's fun for, you know, it's just a good strategy game, but it's also not difficult. This is part of where I wear out on games is because I'm kind of lazy with learning the rules and with figuring out how it how it works and all that stuff is really quick Mm -hmm. so i think that that i liked it for that too i think it's challenging and i can see how you could get a lot better at it the more you play Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's easy entry level is easy so um again that one was called code names so this time really (laughs) 
Thank you all for listening today. Let us know what you're reading this fall, what your spooky reads are. We're very interested in adding to those lists and sharing what you all are enjoying. And as always, if you are interested in doing something to help, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or, um, you know, join us for the conversations on social media at Unabridged Pod. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Unabridged.